Hey everyone, Storytime with Aussie Dad, and today we're going to continue on with the first book from the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. February, Wednesday. Today it snowed for the first time this winter and school was cancelled. We were supposed to have a test in pre-algebra, and I've kind of slacked off ever since I've become a safety patrol, so I was psyched. I called Rowley and told him to come over. Me and him have been talking about building the world's biggest snowman for the past couple of years now. And when I say the world's biggest snowman, I'm not kidding. Our goal is to get into the Guinness Book of World Records. But every time we've got serious about going for the record, all the snow has melted and we've missed our window of opportunity. So this year, I wanted to get started right away. When Rowley came over, we started rolling the first snowball to make the base. I figured the base was going to have to be at least 8 feet tall on its own if we wanted to have a shot at breaking the record, but the snowball got real heavy and we had to take a bunch of breaks in between rolls so we could catch our breath. During one of our breaks, Mum came outside to go to the grocery store, but our snowball was blocking her car in, so we got a little free labour out of her. After our break, me and Rowley pushed that snowball until we couldn't push it any further, but when we looked behind us we saw the mess we had made. The snowball had got so heavy that it tore up all the turf data just laid down last autumn. I was hoping it would snow a few more inches and cover up our tracks, but just like that, it stopped snowing. Our plan to build the world's biggest snowman was starting to fall apart, so I came up with a better idea for our snowball. Every time it snows, the kids from Worley Street use our hill for sledging, even though this isn't their neighbourhood. So tomorrow morning, when the Worley Street kids come marching up our hill, me and Rowley are going to teach these guys a lesson. Thursday. When I woke up this morning, the snow was already starting to melt, so I told Rowley to hurry up and get down to my house. While I was waiting for Rowley to show up, I watched Manny trying to build a snowman out of the piddly crumbs of snow that were left over from our snowball. It was actually kind of pathetic. I really couldn't help doing what I did next. Unfortunately for me, right at that moment, Dad was at the front window. Dad was already mad at me for tearing up the turf, so I knew I was in for it. I heard the garage door open and I saw Dad coming outside. He marched right out carrying a snow shovel and I thought I was going to have to make a run for it. But Dad was heading for my snowball, not me. And in less than a minute, he reduced all our hard work to nothing. Rowley came by a few minutes later. I thought he might actually get a kick out of what happened. But I guess he had his heart set on rolling that snowball down the hill and he was really mad. But get this, Rowley was mad at me for what Dad did. I told Rowley he was being a big baby and we got in a shoving match. Right when it looked like we were going to get in an all-out fight, we got ambushed from the street. It was a hit and run by the Worley Street kids. And if Mrs. Levine, my English teacher, was there, I'm sure she would have said the whole situation was ironic. Wednesday. Today at school they announced there's an opening for the cartoonist job in the school paper. There's only one comic slot and up until now, this kid named Brian Little has been hogging it all to himself. Brian has this comic called Wacky Dog and when it started off, it was actually pretty funny. But lately, Brian's been using his strip to handle his personal business. I guess that's why they gave him the axe. And here's a little strip of Wacky Dog. Hey Wacky Dog, say something funny. Actually, I have something serious on my mind today. 
Susan Lim, if you're reading this, Brian is very sorry he kissed your best friend Rachel behind the lockers. He hopes you can find that in your heart to forgive him. P.S. Barry Palmer, you still owe Brian $5, you bum. As soon as I heard the news, I knew I had to try out Wacky Dog. Ah. As soon as I heard the news, I knew I had to try out. Wacky Dog made Brian Little a celebrity at our school, and I wanted to get in on some of that kind of fame. I had a taste of what it's like to be famous at my school when I won honourable mention in this anti-smoking contest they had. All I did was trace a picture from one of Roderick's heavy metal magazines, but luckily, no one ever found out. The kid who won first place is named Chris Carney, and what kind of ticks me off is that Chris smokes at least a pack of the cigarettes a day. Thursday, me and Rowley decided to team up and do a cartoon together. So after school today, he came over to my house and we got to work. We banged out a bunch of characters real quick, but that turned out to be the easy part. When we tried to think up some jokes, we kind of hit a wall. I finally came up with a good solution. I made up a cartoon where the punchline of every strip is Zooey Mama. That way, we wouldn't get bogged down with having to write actual jokes, and we could concentrate on the pictures. For the first couple of strips, I did the writing and drew the characters, and rarely drew the boxes around the pictures. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. Yeah, right. Hey, Timmy, your mother slipped on a banana peel, and P.S. She is dead. Zooey mama. Rowley started complaining that he didn't have enough to do, so I let him write a few of the strips. But to be honest with you, there was a pretty obvious drop in quality once Rowley started doing the writing. I've been waiting three hours to get a hamburger. Finally, one hamburger, please. I'm sorry, sir. We're all sailed out. Zooey mama. Eventually, I got kind of sick of the Zooey mama idea, and I pretty much let Rowley take over the whole operation. And believe it or not, Rowley's drawing skills are worse than his writing skills. Oops, I stepped in the puddle. At least it's not an acid puzzle. Uh, puddle? Ay, 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 it is an acid puddle. Zooey mama. I told Rowley maybe we should come up with some new ideas, but he just wanted to keep writing Zooey mamas. Then he packed up his comics and went home, which was fine by me. I didn't really want to be partnered up with a kid who doesn't draw noses anyway. Friday. After Rowley left yesterday, I really got to work on some comics. I came up with this character called Cretan the Cretan, and I got on a roll. Hi, my name is Cretan. No, it isn't. Your name is Stuart... Stuart Pid. Oops, hi. I'm stupid. Ah ha 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 ha. I must have banged out 20 strips and I didn't even break a sweat. I wonder what is in this cute little box. That's not a box, it's a brick, you dumb moron. Oops, I've been trying to open it all day. Doctor, could I have a new butt? My old one has a crack in it. Cretan, I've told you a million times, everyone's butt has a crack in it. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> the great thing about these Cretan the Cretan comics is that with all the idiots running around my school, I will never run out of new material. When I got to school today, I took my comics to Mr. Ira's office. He's the teacher who runs the school newspaper. But when I went to turn my strips in, I saw that there was a pile of comics from other kids who were trying out for the job. Most of them were pretty bad, so I wasn't too worried about the competition. Girls Rule by Tabitha Cather and Lisa Russell Don't walk near our lunch table, Taylor Green. Yeah, you're not even cute. 
Ha 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 ha. Girls rule. Oh, that is dumb. Anyway. <laughs> Extreme scathers. I'm going to do this for a jump. Whatever. Yo, dude, watch out for the telephone wire. Here I go. Um. Ouch. I sure am glad I wore my helmet. Yeah, the cartoon has <laughs> the guy's head end up being cut off and the head talking, saying that he's glad he wore the helmet. Mm-hmm. All right. One of the comics was called Dumb Teachers, and it was written by this kid named Bill Treat. <laughs> That's brave of him. Anyway, Bill is always in detention, so I guess he has a bone to pick with just about every teacher in the school, including Mr. Ira. So I'm not too worried about the chances of Bill's comic getting in either. Hey, Mr. Ira, you pooped your pants again. Nuh-uh. Stink lines from the poop, and someone standing behind him. Yaha. There were actually one or two decent comics in the tray, but I slipped them under a pile of paperwork on Mr. Ira's desk. Hopefully those ones won't turn up. Until I'm in high school. Thursday. Today, during morning announcements, I got the news I was hoping for. And the new cartoonist for the school paper is... Greg Heffley. The paper came out today at lunchtime and everyone was reading it. I really wanted to pick up a copy to see my name in print but I decided to just play it cool for a while instead. I sat at the end of the lunch table so there would be plenty of room for me to start signing autographs for my new fans, but nobody was coming over to tell me how great my comic was, and I started to get the feeling something was wrong. I grabbed the paper and went to the bathroom to check it out, and when I saw my comic, I practically had a heart attack. Mr. Ira told me he had made some minor edits to my comic. I thought he just meant he fixed spelling mistakes and stuff like that, but he totally butchered it. The comic he ruined was one of my favourite ones too. In the original, Creighton the Cretan is taking a maths test and he accidentally eats it, and then the teacher yells at him for being such a moron. By the time Mr. Ira was done with it, he practically couldn't recognise it as the same strip. Creighton, the curious student. Teacher, if x plus 43 equals 89, then what would x be? Creighton, X would be 46. Thanks, kids. If you want to learn more about maths, be sure to visit Mr. Humphrey during his office hours or visit the library and check out the newly expanded maths and science section. So I'm pretty sure I won't be signing autographs anytime soon. March. Wednesday. Me and Raleigh were enjoying our hot chocolate in the cafeteria with the rest of the patrols today and there was an announcement on a loudspeaker. Rowley Jefferson, report to Mr. Winsky's office immediately. Rowley went down to Mr. Winsky's office, and when Rowley came back 15 minutes later, he looked pretty shaken up. Apparently, Mr. Winsky got a call from a parent who said they witnessed Rowley terrorising the kindergartners when he was supposed to be walking them home from school, and Mr. Winsky was really mad about it. Rowley said Mr. Winsky yelled at him for about 10 minutes and said his actions disrespected the badge. You know, I think I might just know what this is all about. Last week, Rowley had to take a quiz during fourth period, so I walked the, kid, uh, the kindergartners home on my own. It had rained that morning and there uh, were a lot of worms on the pavement, so I decided to have some fun with the kids. He picked up the worms on the stick and was chasing them. But some neighbourhood lady saw what I was doing and she yelled at me from her front porch. It was Mrs Irvine, 
who is friends with Rowley's mum. She must have thought I was Rowley, because I was borrowing his hat, and I wasn't about to correct her either. Rowley Jefferson, the principal's going to hear about this. Yes, ma'am. I forgot the po- about the whole incident until today. Anyway, Mr. Winsky told Rowley he's going to have to apologise to the kindergartners tomorrow morning, and that he's suspended from patrols for a week. I know I should have probably just. I you know I know I should probably just tell Mr. Winsky it was me who chased the kids with the worms, but I wasn't ready to set the record straight just yet. I knew if I confessed, I'd lose my hot chocolate privileges, and that right there was enough to make me keep quiet for the time being. At dinner tonight, Mum could tell something was bothering me, so she came up to my room afterwards to talk. I told her I was in a tough situation and I didn't know what to do. I got to give Mum credit for how she handled it. She didn't try to pry and get all the details, and she said was uh, all she said was that I should try to do the right thing because it's our choices that make us who we are. I figure that's pretty decent advice, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to do tomorrow. Thursday, well, I was up all night tossing and turning over this rally situation, but I finally made up my mind. I decided the right thing to do was to just let Rowley take one for the team this time round. On the way home from school, I came clean with Rowley and told him the whole truth about what had happened and how it was me who chased the kids with the worms. Then I told him there were lessons we could both learn from this. I told him I learned to be more careful about what I do in front of Mrs Irvine's house and that he learned a valuable lesson too, which is this. Be careful about who you lend your hat to. I guess this has been a learning experience for both of us. To be honest with you, my message didn't seem to be getting through the rally. We were supposed to hang out after school today, but he said he was just going to go home and take a nap. I couldn't really blame him, because if I didn't have my hot chocolate this morning, I wouldn't have had much energy either. When I got home, Mum was waiting for me at the front door. Did you do the right thing? Yeah. Mum took me to get some ice cream as a special treat. And what this whole episode has taught me is that every once in a while, it's not such a bad idea to listen to your mother. Technically, it didn't really, but anyway. Tuesday. There was another announcement on the loudspeaker today, and to be honest with you, I kind of figured this one was coming. Greg Hefley, please report to Mr. Winsky's office. I knew it was just a matter of time before I got busted for what happened last week. When I got to Mr. Winsky's office, he was really mad. Mr. Winsky told me that an anonymous source had informed him that I was the real culprit in the worm chasing incident. Then he told me I was relieved of my safety patrol duties effective immediately. Well, it doesn't take a detective to figure out that the anonymous source was Rowley. I can't believe Rowley went and backstabbed me like that. While I was sitting there getting chewed out by Mr. Winsky, I was thinking, I need to remember to give my friend a lecture about loyalty. Later on today, Rowley got reinstated as a patrol. And get this, he actually got a promotion. Mr. Winsky said Rowley had exhibited dignity under false suspicion. I thought about really letting Rowley have it for at me out like that, but then I realised something. In June, all the officers in the safety patrols go on a trip to Six Flags and they get to take along one friend. I need to make sure Rowley knows, uh, make sure Rally knows I'm his guy. Tuesday. Like I said before, the worst part of getting kicked off safety patrols is losing your hot chocolate privileges. Every morning I go to the back door of the cafeteria so Rally can hook me up. But either my friend has gone deaf or he's too busy kissing the other officer's butts to notice me at the window. In fact, now that I think of it, 
Rally has been totally giving me the cold shoulder lately, and that's really lame, because if I recall correctly, he's the one that sold me out. Even though Rally has been a total jerk lately, I tried to break the ice with him today anyway, but even that didn't seem to work. April. Friday. Ever since the worm incident, Rowley has been hanging out with Colin Lee every day after school. What really stinks is that Colin is supposed to be my backup friend. Those guys are acting totally ridiculous. Today, Rowley and Colin were wearing these matching t-shirts and made me just about want to vomit. Best friends t-shirts with each other's pictures on them. After dinner tonight, I saw Rowley and Colin walking up the hill together, chumming it up. Colin had his overnight bag, so I knew they were going to have a sleepover at Rowley's, and I thought, well, two can play at that game. The best way to get back at Rowley was to get a new best friend of my own. But unfortunately, the only person who came to mind right at that moment was Fregley. I went up to Fregley's with my overnight bag, so Rowley could see I had other friend options too. When I got there, Fregley was in his front yard stabbing a kite with a stick. That's when I started to think maybe this wasn't the best idea after all. But Rowley was in his front yard and he was watching me, so I knew there was no turning back. I invited myself into Fregley's house. His mum said she was excited to see Fregley with a playmate, which was a term I was not too enthusiastic about. Me and Fregley went upstairs to his room. Fregley tried to get me to play Twister with him, so I made sure I stayed ten feet away from him at all times. I decided that I should just pull the plug on this stupid idea and go home. But every time I looked out the window, Rowley and Colin were still in Rowley's front yard. I didn't want to leave until those guys went back inside, but things started to get out of the hand with Fregley pretty quickly. When I was looking out the window, Fregley broke into my backpack and ate the whole bag of jelly beans I had in there. Fregley's one of these kids who's not supposed to eat any sugar, so two minutes later he was bouncing off the walls. Fregley started acting like a total maniac, and he chased me all around his upstairs. I kept thinking he was going to come off, uh, come down off his sugar high, but he didn't. Eventually, I locked myself in his bathroom to wait him out. Around 11.30, it got quiet out in the hallway. That's when Fregley slipped a piece of paper under the door. I picked it up and read it. Dear Gregory, I'm very sorry I chased you with a booger on my finger. Here. I put it on this paper so you can get me back. That's the last thing I remember before I blacked out. I came to my senses a few hours later. After I woke up, I cracked the door open and I heard snoring coming from Fregley's room, so I decided to make a run for it. Mum and Dad were not happy with me for getting them out of bed at two in the morning, but by that point, I couldn't really care less. Monday while me and Rowley have officially been ex-friends for about a month now, and to be honest with you, I'm better off without him. I'm glad I can just do whatever I want without having to worry about carrying all that dead weight around. Lately, I've been hanging out in Roderick's room after school and going through his stuff. The other day, I found one of his middle school yearbooks. Roderick wrote on everybody's picture in his yearbook, so you can tell how he felt about all the kids in his grade. Ever, uh, every once in a while, I see Roderick's old classmates around town, and I have to remember to thank Roderick for making church a lot more interesting. But the page in Roderick's yearbook that's really interesting is the class favourites page. 
That's where they put pictures of the kids who get voted most popular and most talented and all that. Roderick wrote on his class favourites page too. Uh, most likely to succeed. Bill Watson and Kathy Nguyen. And he's written nerd above Bill's head. You know, this class favourites thing has really got my gears turning. If you can get yourself voted onto the class favourites page, you're practically an immortal. Even if you don't live up to what you got picked for, it doesn't really matter, because it's on permanent record. People still treat Bill Watson like he's something special, even though he ended up dropping out of high school. We still run into him at the food barn every once in a while. Will that be paper or plastic, ma'am? So here's what I'm thinking. This school year has been kind of a bust, but if I can get voted as a class favourite, I'll go out on a high note. I've been trying to think of a category I've a shot at. Most popular and most athletic are definitely out. So I'm going to have to find something that's a little bit more in reach. At first I thought, maybe I should wear really nice clothes for the rest of the year so I can get best dressed. But that would mean I'd have to get my picture taken with Jenna Stewart, and she dresses like a pilgrim. Wednesday. Last night I was lying in bed, and it hit me. I should go for class clown. It's not like I'm known for being real funny at school or anything, but if I can pull off one big prank right before voting, that could do it. May. Thursday. Today I was trying to figure out how I was going to sneak a drawing pin onto Mr. Worth's chair in history when he said something that made me rethink my plan. Mr. Worth told us he has a dentist's appointment tomorrow, so we're going to have a, a, a substitute. Subs are like comic gold. You can say just about anything you want, and you can't get into trouble. Greg Hefley, will you please do this problem? Your mama? Excuse me? Your big fat granny? Well, I hardly think that's your slap-happy grandpappy. That doesn't even really make any sense. But anyway, <laughs> Friday. I walked into my history class today, ready to execute my plan. But when I got to the door, guess who the substitute teacher was? Hi, honey bunches. Of all the people in the world to be our sub today, it was mum. I thought mum's days of getting involved at my school were over. She used to be one of those parents who came in to help out in the classroom. But that all changed after mum volunteered to be a chaperone for our field trip to the zoo when I was in third grade. Mum had prepared all sorts of material to help us kids appreciate the different exhibits. But all anyone wanted to do was watch the animals go to the bathroom. Anyway, mum totally failed my plan to win class clown. I'm just lucky there's not a category called biggest mama's boy. Because after, uh, after today, I'd win that one in a landslide. You left your lunch at home. Wednesday. A school paper came out again today. I quit my job as school cartoonist after Cretan the Curious student came out and I didn't really care who they picked to replace me. But everyone was laughing at the comics page at lunch. So I picked up a, comic, uh, I picked up a copy to see what was so funny and when I opened it, I couldn't believe my eyes. It was Zooey Mama. And of course, Mr. Ira didn't change a single word of Rowley's strip. Zooey Mama by Rowley Jefferson. Hey, beautiful lady, do you want to go on a date with me? I am not a lady, I'm just one of those dogs with long hair, so no thanks to that date. Zooey Mama! So now Rowley's getting all the fame that was supposed to be mine. Will you put us in your comic? Sure, heh <laughs> heh. 
Even the uh, teachers are kissing rallies, but I almost lost my lunch when Mr. Worth dropped his chalk in history class. Zooey mama. Monday. This Zooey mama thing has really got me worked up. Rowley is getting all the credit for a comic that we came up with together. I figured the least he could do was put my name on the strip as the co-creator. So I went up to Rowley after school and told him that's what he was going to have to do. But Rowley said Zooey Mama was all his idea and I, I didn't have anything to do with it. I guess we must have been talking pretty loud because the next thing you knew, we attracted the crowd. Fight, 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 fight. The kids at my school are always itching to see a fight. Me and Rowley tried to walk away, but those guys weren't going to let us go until they saw us throw some punches. I've never been in a real fight before, so I didn't know how I was supposed to stand or hold my fists or anything. And you could tell Rowley didn't know what he was doing either, because he just started prancing around like a leprechaun. I was pretty sure I could take Rowley in a fight, but the thing that made me nervous was the fact that Rowley does karate. I don't know what kind of hocus-pocus they teach in Rowley's karate classes, but the last thing I needed was for him to lay me out right there on the ground. Before me or Rowley made a move, there was a screeching sound in the school parking lot. A bunch of teenagers stopped their pickup truck and they started piling out. I was just happy that everyone's attention was on the teenagers instead of me and Rowley, but all the other kids took off when the teenagers started heading our way. And then I realised that these teenagers looked awfully familiar. That's when it hit me. These were the same guys who chased me and Rowley around on Halloween night, and they'd finally caught up with us. But before we could make a run for it, we had our arms pinned behind our backs. Those guys wanted to teach us a lesson for taunting them on Halloween night, and they started arguing over what they should do with us. But to be honest with you, I was more concerned about something else. The cheese was only a few feet from where we were standing on the basketball court, and it was looking nastier than ever. The big teenager must have caught my eye, because the next thing I knew, he was looking at the cheese too, and I guess that gave him the idea he was looking for. Rowley got singled out first. The big kid grabbed Rowley and dragged him over to the cheese. Now, I don't want to say exactly what happened next, because if Rowley ever tries to run for president and someone finds out what these guys made him do, he won't have a chance. So I'll put it to you this way. They made Rowley eat the cheese. I knew they were going to make me do it too. I started to panic because I knew I wasn't going to be able to fight my way out of this situation. So I did some fast talking instead. I would, but I'm allergic to dairy. And believe it or not, it actually worked. You're lucky, punk. I know, I know. I guess the teenagers were satisfied they'd made their point because after they made Rowley finish off the rest of the cheese, they let us go. They got back in their truck and took off down the road. Me and Rowley walked home together, but neither one of us really said anything on the way back. I thought about mentioning to Rowley that maybe he could have pulled out a couple of his karate moves back there, but something told me to hold off on that thought for right now. Tuesday. At school today, the teachers let us outside after lunch. It took about five seconds for someone to realise the cheese was missing from its spot on the basketball court. Everybody crowded around to look at where the cheese used to be. Nobody could believe it was actually gone. People started coming up with these crazy theories about what happened to it. Somebody said that maybe the cheese grew legs and walked away. It took all my self-control to keep my mouth shut. 
and if Rowley wasn't standing right there, I honestly don't know if I could have kept quiet. A couple of the guys who were arguing over what happened to the cheese were the same ones who were egging me and Rowley on yesterday afternoon, so I knew it wasn't going to be long before someone put two and two together and figured out that we must have had something to do with it. Rowley was starting to panic, and I don't blame him either. If the truth ever came out about how the cheese disappeared, Rowley would be finished. He'd have to move out of the state, and maybe even the country. That's when I decided to speak up. I told everyone that I knew what happened to the cheese. I said I was sick of it being on the court and I just decided to get rid of it once and for all. For a second there, everyone just froze. I thought people were going to start thanking me for what I did. But boy, was I wrong. I really wish I had worded my story a little differently. Because if I threw away the cheese, guess what that meant? It meant that I have the cheese touch. June. Friday. Well, if Rowley appreciated what I did for him last week, he hasn't said it. But we've started hanging out after school again. So I guess that means me and him are back to normal. I can honestly say that so far, having the cheese touch hasn't been all that bad. It got me out of doing the square dance unit in phys ed because no one would partner up with me. And I've had the whole lunch table to myself every day. Today was the last day of school and they handed out yearbooks after 8th period. I flipped to the class favourite page, and here's the picture that was waiting for me. Class clown, Rowley Jefferson. All I can say is, if anyone wants a free yearbook, they can dig one out of the trash can in the back of the cafeteria. You know, Rowley can have class clown for all I care, but if he ever gets too big for his britches, I'll just remind him that he was the guy who ate the cheese. And that is the end of book one of Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I hope you enjoyed it.